You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Castle After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Castle After Show. Hello, hello, hello. Bingus for doing and we are doing another episode of Castle Season 5, Episode 13, titled Recoil. I'm your host, Bam Erickson, and I would like to introduce my co-host. Hi, I am Paige Sullivan. I'm Samara Bay. And I'm Larice Shamar. So tonight's episode, uh, we return back from a two-week hiatus. What did you guys think? Just uh, quick thoughts. Paige. Like I said, um, from the mixed reviews of the hosts who didn't mm-hmm. like it or liked it, I think it was necessary. Mm-hmm. We lost track of Beckett's biggest you know, concern in life. Why she became a detective, basically, is to avenge her mother's death and to figure out who killed her. And so we haven't seen that in a while mm-hmm. because we've been wrapped up with Castle and Beckett, the love story. And so I think it was necessary to bring it back, slow it down, and kind of delve back into what really, you know, gets to her mm-hmm. when she's having, you know, a hard time. Smart. You know, Castle is an amazing show that really just goes wildly between these <laughs> silly episodes like last, like two weeks ago with the Girls Gone Wild. Right. And then this thing that just... I mean, yeah, it had a tiny bit of a sense of humor, but really it was dark and it was quiet and it was really a, like, serious detective show on television, Mm -hmm. like, you know, NCIS or whatever. I feel like it was even slower than Uh, one of those. Yeah, way slower. Way slower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and as we'll probably discuss, you know, more, like, psychologically complex. So, listen, I I totally enjoyed it throughout, (laughs) but um, it wasn't fun. I mean, no. that's the whole idea is it wasn't, it was not trying to be fun. Larice. Yeah, I think it was kind of real slow for myself. Uh, I'm so used to like the upbeat, especially with Esposito. Ryan actually had more of a, um interest in the episode this time. He was kind of like real, especially with Brackett and with Beckett. Um, the Castle Beckett situation, it was kind of like, it was not there. I mean, it's kind of like I like it, but I really don't because I kind of missed him, the whole love affair. And the whole episode itself, they have no type of love connection. It was really seriously about what's happening, the murder, the investigation, how can we solve it. So, I mean, it was good, but, you know, I'd like to see more of the fun, the lighthearted um, episodes that they normally have. And for me, I thought it was a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like that. They backed away from the Castle Beckett relationship, but there were still moments. You know, you saw them in house together. You know, when she was at the house, he's coming in bringing champagne. So they're still, they're still showing parts that they're still in a relationship. But for me, the show overall lacked. It was boring to me. And just to just to jump in about the Castle Beckett thing, I mean, 
you know, the danger with these shows, as we all know, is that when the two leads who have sexual tension get together, mm-hmm. the sexual tension dies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we totally saw that happen in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, partly because obviously they just weren't planning on the, their goal was not to make an episode that was about mm-hmm. how sexy and, and fun the two of them are together. But as a result, I mean, when he left her with all those letters on the table, he didn't even kiss her goodbye. Well, and that was, I know but, that's when they, they were in the precinct. They, yeah, I know, but they can't. and then when they saw each other later, it felt mm-hmm. like it was very. You know, you know, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with them not focusing on the relationship and how they're getting back to what what we've seen, uh, what we witnessed for the past five seasons, just of the murder investigation. But it was just it was very serious, and for me, I'm used to a little bit more umph. But I think um, Castle was really trying to understand where Beckett was coming from because mm-hmm. Beckett was really distanced from not only Castle but everyone because he just have such a like aggression towards the whole murder and, mm-hmm. you know, with Bracket and the murderer themselves. But it was just really, he was just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm here for you. But it's like, she just kind of brushed him off, especially with the whole champagne when he kind of came in. She didn't, she didn't care about that. She just went like, hey, it got to be more. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of rambles about what she thinks and what she should do and everything. But he just kind of like, okay, I'm going to take it, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. but when anybody's in a relationship and you see your partner or whoever struggling and going through something that's really tough, I mean, Castle's job in this whole episode was just to be there. He yeah. didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to say anything. He was just supposed to be there to support Beckett. And I think he did that. Even when they were reading the letters and she said, you know, go home, you're tired. And she, he didn't kiss her or anything. But he did, you know, tap her arm and he said, you know, what a, you're a remarkable woman. I mean, he, <laughs> something like that. Is that what he said? Yeah, I think you're right. I, think so. I mean, I'm, he's showing he supports her and that he cares about her without... I mean, if my boyfriend came up to me and started trying to kiss me or something and I was stressing out about that, I'd be like, no, no, go away. And I think <laughs> Castle knew that. I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, come on, give me more. Yeah. Well, no. speaking of, speaking of, uh-uh, no way. Let's go to, <laughs> let's, let's go into, um, let's go into some other mentions. And one being that Alexis, uh, was mentioned. She wasn't, she didn't appear in this episode, but the, uh, it was mentioned that Castle, uh, that she has a new boyfriend. So, Castle is not really feeling it. So let's just talk about a couple of the mentions of people who were either in the episode or who were um, who were mentioned. So let's go on to Alexis. Yeah, she's got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But Cal- it, it can't be serious, apparently. Yeah, but you know what? Castle's playing the typical father. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, hey, you know, her boyfriend had to be pre- pre-approved by me mm-hmm. before he dates her yeah. and everything. Just like any father would do because they want to kind of make sure their daughter's dating the right man. Yeah. You know, at, at least somebody... Up the castle standard. Yeah, castle standard wasn't very high though. I mean, <laughs> castle was a player until he met Kate. You know, but you know, I mean, but that's different. You know, a man can be totally. He could be. I know. He could be anything. He could be anything he wants. But when it comes to his children, they you just have we have high standards. Yeah, that's just I, the way yes, it is. as you should. Yeah. But I think maybe you should hold yourself to higher standards as well. I mean, you it's live just, and you learn. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So it, it gets us back into the territory that we were talking about, I think, last time about, like, she's 18. She doesn't actually live at that house she's anymore. College. She's yeah. in college. Yeah. Like, at some point, he doesn't have to approve of a guy for her to date that guy. Mm-hmm. I guess he's just really more on, the, on the, the idea of, hey, I was once a college guy. I know what it is that, you know, what college guys do to, like, young freshmen and everything. So it's just kind yeah, of right. like, more like taking advantage of the situation, you know, because she's probably never really been away from home. So now he's like, he's kind of worried about her and her interaction with, you know, the opposite sex. And he just want to make sure that anybody she dates that 
at least he kind of pre-approves them. Even if the guy is totally the wrong guy for her today, but at least he can say, like, you know what, I met the guy, we had a conversation, and whatever happens after that, I can just kind of guide you through it, but your decision is your decision. Mm-hmm. But that's and, never how it works. I know. Yeah, well... <laughs> Okay, well, I'll keep my leave my two cents. Out. Oh, <laughs> sorry. So let's go into um, Gates. She was back after we haven't seen her in how long? At least, oh, at least certainly a month. since the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was nice to see her. I feel like she's that you know angry person that they need. <laughs> she's never happy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even come out and say, "How's the case going?" It's what we got? Like she's not. And she is the mayor always on the phone now saying, <laughs> yeah. how, "How further are we on the case?" But why does the I, I've never met a mayor who calls to check up on cases this often. I mean, often. I think it's because of the senator. Yeah. I understand that, mm-hmm. but... But it always appears that she's always the, on the phone with the mayor. It kept the urgency yeah. going. She's very important. Well, maybe... Maybe, <laughs> maybe she was uh, making them up. She's maybe, like, oh, it's it's the mayor again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she and the mayor, you know... <laughs> <laughs> at the Standish, hey. at the Standish Hotel. Hotel, you know, hey, anything is possible. So it was good to see her, and then let's go into Lainey, played by, of course, a friend of the show, Tamala Jones. Okay, yeah, she she was in there. Quick second, in and out. I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, it, like I like her character, I, like the whole her and Esposito thing. I mean, I hope it, it was fun to kind of see them interact with each other, but now it's like I blink, she's gone. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, Castle Riders. And uh, and the creator of the show, I'm I'm really disappointed of the fact that Tamla's not in there. You know, <laughs> she hinted that you know she would like to see her mom be played by Pam Greer and that potentially have a love interest played by Dwight Howard. And so it's like Dwight is willing to come on the show. I mean, like hook it up, give her some more. Yeah, I think right now, though, they're focusing a lot on, like we've said, they were focusing on Esposito for the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. last two to three episodes. And before that, it was Castle and Beckett. We don't know her time may be coming. Who knows? Well, we just It's been too serious right now, and there's yeah. been too many different relationship shifts mm-hmm. to really focus on her. I mean, what would be the point of focusing on her? What would we see? Talking twenty for the fact that we she she's a, a cast member she's a regular she's a she's a regular uh, she's a she's a I regular like series her. member and there's only nine episodes left so come on people get with it you know, I think she yeah. went, like later on in the episode I think within the nine episode I think she would kind of have more of a appealing role I hope so the therapist he was back mm-hmm. he was back yeah. And, you know, that's one of the that's pretty much the only person that uh, that Beckett, you know, can speak to um, about, you know, her situation of her mom and the Senator Brackett. So what do you guys think? It's interesting because she um, lies to Castle during this episode when she gets the letter and Mm -hmm. doesn't share it. And then she does have this, you know, that's exactly when her therapist comes back into the pictures so that we have some way to, you know, see what's going on in her mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it felt like she, it it would have been nice if she'd been able to share that with Castle instead, but you know, instead we have this neutral therapist. But has she shared the information with Castle? How do you think he would have responded? He would have told her to do what she wanted with it. I mean, he'd say, you know, make the choice that you need to make. He probably would have done the right thing. He probably would have been yeah. fine. It's mm-hmm. just that she gets this way about particular, you know, particularly this sort of case. Especially when her mother's yeah. murder is involved. I think a big part of it is, though, she has broken down a lot of walls mm-hmm. since we first mm-hmm. met her towards Castle. And maybe, you know, it's just a progression of a relationship. She's not ready to let those walls down yet. She's not ready to, to say to him... I was contemplating throwing this case. I'm contemplating letting somebody murder this person. But she and did. I'm okay with that. 
Well, she did mention it after the fact. She made yeah. her th- therapist. And once she made the right decision, she, she mentioned she almost let somebody die. I mean, once she already did the bad things, yeah. or almost did them, then she came clean. And it was almost like to get it off her conscience because things kept working out. I mean, he kept getting saved. They kept getting the right person. They kept getting right evidence. And so it wasn't on her. She became less and less useful. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't on her. She was purposely blowing it. Right. And they were just picking up the pieces. Which is actually yeah. funny. I mean, talking about how the other people on the show, you know, picked up the slack this this yeah. episode and what they got to do and what they didn't get to do because they didn't get to do much. Mm-hmm. But what they were doing was like really good detective work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She kept trying to like hide the evidence and they kept finding yeah. it. And so that, that, uh, that leads into the next topic, uh, how modern technology was very useful in tonight's episode. One, um, one in particular was the dental implants. Mm-hmm. Will you, you, uh, Larissa, you want to go and ex- uh, explain that? No, I just thought it was kind of like unique because I didn't know every dental implant has like a model number, serial number on it. And that's how they kind of identify Melanie off the serial number of her implant, mm-hmm. you know, which is a great way because like when she died, when they found her, she had no teeth in her mouth because the killer just kind of felt like, hey, you know, they can't find her dental work, so they won't be able to identify her. Mm-hmm. But with the dental implant, it allows them to actually to, you know, find out who she is. And I think that's great. Yeah, because I don't think you were able, I don't know, do you guys think 20 years ago that was possible? Nope. Dental implants yeah. or tracking her Tra- without tracking her teeth? I mean, there's a couple of questions in that. Um, I don't think it was possible, and I think it's amazing. Some of these things I still see on these shows, I'm kind of like, it's not real. You know, you watch them, like, play with that screen and pull Mm -hmm. things over, and you're like, I don't know if that's real. (laughs) But it's interesting to see, especially all of the things in this episode, they really drew from that. Normally, they don't draw from technology, Mm -hmm. and this time, that was a key factor in how they... Found evidence, but mm-hmm. I do think yeah. I do think the dental implant and how they got. I do think that's that's real. I, that, I think it is real. I think it. I think everything now is real. I know, like when you get like a, a knee replacement, they, mm-hmm. there's numbers on that. I mean, that was made yeah. somewhere, and so if it's a faulty one, you have to be able to track that, and not just for like malpractice or things like that. So I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Everything has yeah. a record. I wouldn't necessarily think it has your name attached to it, maybe the manufacturer or the doctor, but I guess, mm-hmm. you know, from there you can track. I think most implants that they actually put in the human body now, they do have, like, serial, serial numbers, numbers. On, on them because, like, a lot of sales reps that I do know, they have to, when they go into surgery, it's, like, certain products that, like, they actually purchase mm-hmm. and they just kind of sell to that specific doctor. So they kind of basically know yeah. who they sell into mm-hmm. at that time. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> there was also, though, a nice combination of that of the sort of um, you know fancy tech stuff that we were seeing with the screens and the uh. and being, and then on the other hand, um, you get to see Esposito and Ryan like going door to door to all these like random mechanics shops in mm-hmm. Patterson, New Jersey. Right. So yeah. it's like sometimes it's still all about the boots on the ground. Yeah, because not every technological thing is efficient and doesn't right. always work as it's supposed yeah. to, and the manpower is important as well. I mean, they found out his name. They're the reason they found out his name. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the technology helped us figure out which, you know, mechanic shops were in this area or whatnot, but without them, you could have found that on a map, a regular map. Yeah. What um, The sound tech, the, um, the sound technology that they were using in order to figure out the, the, the Zippo lighter, yeah. and which, when you hear, when you heard the lighter, you know, making the click noise, it was Castle who actually recognized and heard that it was a specific Zippo lighter. Yeah. And then once they went into, uh, once they went into the precinct, you know, they had all this technology where you know you can turn up the sounds, bring it up, and so. 
And that ended up playing a major yeah. huge in it, yeah. part in it because it's true <laughs> that that McManus thing. I mean, I don't know what you guys felt like mm-hmm. and and uh, our viewers, but I I felt like. I didn't buy the McManus thing, and when they put him away, you know, that just that whole thing felt a little off. And I, so when it felt off to Beckett, I was like, okay, good. So what's going on? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I said it while we were watching it. I mean, usually I hold my opinions, but when we saw him get off that elevator, so I don't you think don't he killed him. You don't hold your opinion. I do sometimes. <laughs> no, we, no, we're good at hiding it a little bit. I so that we can, so this can be fresh and real. Yeah, no, but I said I don't think he killed him because his face, even the way Beckett said he he was felt. She saw pain in his face. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like somebody who just killed an innocent girl to get back at somebody. And when you read the story of why he wants revenge on Mc, uh, on Bracken, that's, there's no. no ulterior motives other than no. the fact that he killed his son. <clears throat> he wouldn't have killed Melanie, you know. And that's why. It, and the it, fact that he didn't smoke and that the Zippo just was a yeah. you know total mm-hmm. red flag. I think it was yeah. a bad framing of McManus. It was a good framing. <laughs> I mean, it worked at first. Sometimes. If Castle, if Beckett didn't have that vendetta against Bracken, would she have kept looking? There's been one or two episodes where yeah. she does when she doesn't feel right about it. But I, your point is absolutely taken. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. The construction site mm-hmm. was another um, useful mm-hmm. um, technology. Technology because they that was so. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know if I believe that because See, they yeah. they heard. <laughs> The, the certain type of construction <laughs> tool that's only used yeah. in these twelve places mm. in town. Yeah. That was that was like that was above my head. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> on fetch, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, hey, it kind of helped them out because they found the car. Because like on the the voicemail she left her sister, she kind of left like the first three letters of the actual like the license, license plate, plate yeah. and everything. So it kind of helped them out. Which they kind of helped them get into the actual murder mm. where hey, somebody's trying to assassin back uh, bracket. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, sometimes in, in, in murder investigations, you know, it's always that needle in a haystack that always opens up doors or, or you're able to, you know, find or get to the bottom of, of, a, of a murder. So it can work. You know, it's a toss up for me. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. thought it was a little bit it strained credulity a little bit that the sister hadn't noticed that she had a voicemail waiting from her own sister. Who a missed call just from died. yesterday. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know I she mean, called me, but well, we all have issues with our iPhones. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, so. team Android, but no, actually. <laughs> um, no, actually, that happens sometimes. It, I don't. Because sometimes I don't always check my voice messages, and so if it pops up, I just think that it's just from a your mess. sister who you just found out died. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that like I'll have like even right calls. now I have I have voice messages that I know are on here, but I didn't check them because I already know I've already spoke to that person. Then uh-huh. delete them. Yeah, I could. Or listen to them in case there was yeah. some like beautiful nugget but of no, wisdom. But no, sometimes <laughs> when your when your phone is off, it doesn't come up as a missed call. And so if you call when the phone is off, it won't pop up as a missed call. It's only if you leave a message. Right. I agree. You're right. Right. But a whole day goes by. I'm sure she looked at her phone. There's a little number one that comes up right next to your little (laughs) dial area. And it says you have a message. Anyway, we can move on. We can move on. Anyways, okay. If you have an iPhone, I'm assuming you have iTunes. And you can check us out on iTunes. Every week our podcast will be uploaded after we do it here live. And you can also check on all of your other shows as well if you'd like to but ours is you know particularly good um, but if you would like to rate it because we think it's awesome and if you do too that would be great and comment tell us what you're thinking your thoughts and opinions are definitely are important to us and they help us better this show every week and tell a friend if you think they'll enjoy the castle after show or any of the other after buzz after shows that you watch so check out iTunes and also we have clothes 
mm-hmm. and merchandise and yes. mugs. So if you want any of those, you should check out AfterBuzzTV.com, and we have a banner, and you can go to our merchandise and purchase you know, some T-shirts. Yeah, and we have men's clothes, women's clothes, we have baby clothes, and we have some great AfterBuzz um Mugs? Accessories. We have some great mugs. We have water bottles. We have these probably uh, these things that you're the wearing. Bracelets? Wristband. The, I don't know. No, actually, these are not on the site. But Martin, I'm assuming that they probably will be at some point. Right? Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. So we have some great. We have some great stuff. <laughs> so you guys, make sure that you guys uh, go to um, our store on www.afterbuzztv.com. Yeah. Okay. So now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's go into uh, let's go into the Beckett bracket. There was a lot of t- there was a lot of tension between these two, and Ooh. and then you know Beckett also her conscience was dealing with her. So let's discuss. Hey, bra- we gotta get wristbands on the store now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a memo to. Uh, I'm Phil. ordering them for you, Bam. Wristbands. You just gave us the idea. We didn't have it until now. Well, there you have it. Had a kid. Nice wristbands. Done. Mm-hmm. Well, Beckett and Bracken. The last time we saw them together, it was a whole, is she going to kill him, is she not going to kill him Right, kind of situation. And yeah. that was intense. And I remember when she didn't kill him, we were all like, <gasps> and she mm. just punched him in the face. Or was that called a pistol whip or something? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. And she left that scar. And you could kind of see yeah. the scar in his cheek. Mm. I wanted it to be a little more better. Yeah, it would yeah. be like drastic. But <laughs> it wasn't. It's old. <laughs> not that old. I mean, but... I, the last time we saw her, she was contemplating killing this man. Right. And now she has to protect him. First she thinks he killed her. Then she thinks that somebody's trying to kill him. And now she has to protect him. It's just this weird web that she's stuck in. And there's no real right answer in terms of what she thinks is right. And she sort of tries both. I mean, she tries to kind of let the killer go by not shooting him and, uh, and you know, sort of waiting to see if the killer kills uh, Bracken, and then when she has the opportunity to let Bracken die at the end and get blown up, she doesn't. She doesn't. What a good girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now he owes her, sort of, maybe well, if we trust him. He's so creepy, though. Which we don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't trust him, and he's like everybody needs friends in this town. Right. Not a friend that murdered my mother and my boss and tried to kill me. And 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 now we know also some like sweet twenty four year old boy who was his yeah. intern or something. And when she yeah. asked him, she said, "He says if I said no, would you believe me?" Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, I think the whole like Beckett bracket interaction, it was kind of like. He just felt like, hey, I always have the upper hand on you because you feel like I killed your mother. Well, I, I did kill your mother. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just like, now you have to help me out. Because every individual conversation that they had in closed doors, he just kind of looked at her as if, like, you can't do anything to me. And, you know, and Becca's response is like, her face and everything about her is like, I want to kill you, but I, at the same time, I have to save you right now. You know? So I just kind of felt like... In a way, he still had the upper hand over her, and you know, and she still kind of had to like obey to what he needs in his life right now. Even though the whole thing is to save him, but at the same time, it's just kind of like he was the man. Do you think she should have? There was a point where we thought that she was going to burn the letters. <clears throat> did you really think that she had burnt the letters, or do you think that she? No, no, no. no. no I think I said during that no. commercial break, mm-hmm. it just—it's so not her. And I know yeah. she was trying to like go against character because she really just wanted that guy to die. But mm-hmm. it just kind of goes back to, like, <clears throat> when she met her therapist, that whole conversation, like, what should she do? Mm-hmm. You know, I think she kind of had, like, a lot of, like, twists and turns within herself of this episode. Mm-hmm. Which, 
about the bracket situation because, like, she really wants to, like, I want to see this guy die, but because of the code of the being a police officer. Do you honestly think she wants to see him die or she just wants justice served? I mean, what is she, if she kills him, you know, that's on her. And now she's murdered somebody because most likely it's not going to be kind of like in a shoot off. It's going to be her versus him. And he's probably not going to have a gun. If but you think want, about it. But she wanted the murderer to kill him. She she did, subconsci- but subconsciously, I don't think she wants that. I think she wants justice to be served. I think she wants to bring him down, bring him down, put him in jail, Does do what she does to every other murderer. I don't think she's going to kill Ryan got to say that. Ryan got to like actually be the one who said the thing of, like, if you just kill him, then you're as bad as he is. Yeah. He said that to Esposito. Yeah. yeah. And Esposito said, mm-mm, I'd kill him. Ladies, yeah. I do agree that... She says she, uh, she uh, Beckett says she wants him dead. That's what her mouth says. <clears throat> but her conscience and everything else just can't do that because mm-hmm. if she really wanted him dead, she'd have shot his ass right there, point blank. But yeah. she didn't. So it's just kind of one of those things. Like there are certain things or, or people that just kind of tick you, and you always say, "Oh, I can just kill you," or "Oh, I can just <laughs> choke you," or "I just wish you fall down the stairs" or something. And it's like you. It's like it's like you say that, but when you think about it, it's not what you really want. No. So I just think it's one of those things where she says, you know, like I just want to kill you, but she, obviously she won't. She will never let that happen. It's like what we were talking about last time, actually, about how all, all the all of the um, shows when you when you finally see the reveal of who did it this week, yeah. that person always has a great reason. Yeah, and sure, we all we all understand their motivation. But then they killed someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's just not taking that final step. Right. Because, and I guess with her being a cop and always having to hear people's reasons for why they ju- they want to justify why they want to murder someone, is there really a justification to murder someone? Uh, self-defense. Defense. Yes. <laughs> self-defense. I think. Mm-hmm. And Which, in a way, this is because he's, you know, a murderer. And I, just, he's, yeah. I, I think she just wanted to revenge her mother's death. Yes. And the death of like a lot of the other people that Bracket probably had interactions with, to, for to for reason for them to be dead. I mean, can you even look at um, McManus, his son? You know, they kind of feel like, oh, Bracket's the cause, but is he really the cause of his death? Well, okay, but here's my thing: when you kill Bracken, everybody who worked with him, everybody who killed people for him, everybody who was involved in that is still there. They still yeah. exist, and that kind of dynamic still exists. People are still going to die. For whatever Bracken was working towards, we don't really know. Yeah. If you take him down, you know, the legal way, the right way, and really figure out what's happening, th- when they find a mob boss, they don't kill the mob boss. They take down the mob, yeah. you know? They put them all in jail. It doesn't stop the mob from reforming and having their children get together, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things. You can't you can't just kill him because that doesn't solve her problem. It doesn't fix it. And this is clearly what they're setting up is that obviously this is going to now be a longer term thing and that maybe he's going to run for president. That's gonna right. be, that was going to be my next question. You think Beckett and Brackett would actually have another encounter? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they let him off the way they did, it, it, it's because he's now back on the loose. Yeah. Well, really one quick thing as we uh, before we go into the murder investigation, it was also revealed, not sure if, Kate, if Gates believed believed it or not, but during the the discussion with uh, Beckett and um, McManus, and McManus, she revealed that um, that sent them that the that the governor you know killed his mom, and so Gates was listening, Senator, Senator, yeah. Senator, and and so Gates said 
she said something in regards to um, I forgot ex- what was her exact words. She said, she that, "Did she just say he killed her mom or, or did, yeah, something, something along those lines?" Castle tried to cover for him. Castle for said, her. "Oh, she's trying to get in his head. She's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. relate." And to then, him. but then she says that thing at the end where she, you know, doubles back and says, "I everything I've already said I, is true." And Gates did hear yeah. that, so it's left a bit gray whether or not. But but listen, regardless, Gates obviously is suspicious because she pulls her from the case right after that. Mm-hmm. Well, she pulls her from the case, and Beckett's trying to say, I could get it, I could get it, and she says, we found the bomb. So I don't necessarily think she it's pulled true. her from the case to take her off the case. I think it was the fact they found the bomb, problem solved, let's lock them up. We don't need them to talk anymore. And she was getting worked up in there, too. And, yeah. and whether or not it was because the true story of why she didn't like Bracken or because she was just frustrated that he wasn't talking, you know? I think it was more so she was kind of relating to his pain yeah, because, like, so. she lost her I mom. she brought up the mom and, stuff. And, like, he lost his son on the factors of a bracket. And he just and she was just kind of, like, begging and pleading with, like, hey, just tell me what's going on and I can kind of, like, help the situation where we can kind of bring Bracket down. But you really have to talk to me because I understand your pain. But it, what, for me, it, it, it would seem that Gates being the tough ass that she is, that at some point in this episode, she would have pulled Becca to the side and she would have asked questions about that mm-hmm. and she would have wanted to take her off the case. Yeah, I So agree. you kind of wonder. Also, I mean, when you think about it, Gates became their, what, captain? Is that the official term? Mm-hmm. Because their old captain was, was murdered, murdered yeah. as part of this whole thing. She has no idea. So what? Yeah. How much does she not know? I mean, I guess nothing. Well, when Montgomery was part of it, he was he was barely even a cop when he was part of it. And he was killed for it years and years later. You know, he was involved in bad stuff, yeah. and that's why yeah. he was wrapped up in all this. And same with Kate's mother. And so this is stuff that happened years ago and the only reason it's relevant now is because Kate knows about it and Kate is really seeking vengeance on this and so I honestly don't think anybody would know about it except for the guys because she's let them know about it and they've seen her be involved with these things they saw Montgomery dying you know all that stuff and they did have a they did um, they did make a pact that the four of them would never um, discuss it or Mm -hmm. uh, you know reveal answers so I don't know all right, so let's get into the murder investigation. So, well, take it we've, away. We have mostly. Yeah, I mean, we've we've, we've a covered it. a lot of it. I mean, it all starts with Melanie. Poor girl. We barely talked about her. She got burnt in the trash can, <laughs> got her teeth knocked out, shot in the back of the head. I mean, she had. <laughs> what a way to describe her death. All because she walked away from a. Well, she walked away from the conference, and what he says is she probably saw him acting funny, and she yeah. went to see what he was doing. And so. She got messed up or caught up in some bad stuff. Not a, It's a huge case of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. She is murdered because of it. And the thing that blows my mind is that, you know, Bracken finds out she's dead and it's just kind of like, oh, that's sad. He knows it has to do with him. You know, in some way, shape, or form, it had to do with him. There's no other reason this young girl would have been murdered. And he's just kind of nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so we we think it's Bracken. It's not Bracken. He has an alibi, and we find that trunk full of stuff once we find, like you mentioned, we find yeah. the garage and the car, and all roads lead back to McManus. He's angry. He sent a death threat, basically. You killed my son. I'm going to seek revenge on you. But he's a schizophrenic. He's kind of off his meds. He's unpredictable. It doesn't really seem like he can plan something this elaborate, is what we keep finding out, and he's not talking. He's obviously somebody who's hurt and in pain and whatnot, so... That was really all we had, I mean, in terms of suspects, was Bracken and McManus. And then once we have McManus in custody and he's locked away, 
that's when, like we mentioned, Cass, uh, Beckett kind of gets on this horse that there's a bomb threat, there's this, there's that, you know, he didn't do it, which leads to... It also seemed weirdly suspicious that Bracken was like this determined to go along, go through with his speech. Do you think he genuinely thought she was just trying to take him down? I mean, but at the same time, he wanted to go with his speech because it's like, hey, this is a game changer for him. Like, doing this speech at this conference allows him to be more superior as a senator and just like what he stands for. So it's just like... His mind was made up. I totally you know? agree, but anybody who was like less evil than him would probably have been like, "I can figure out. We can fi-. like the conference could have been postponed a day or something." Like, right? If there's there a were, bomb threat on your, it's not even just his life; it's the people at it his conference. It made me feel suspicious that he knew what was going on and he wanted that. I don't know. Which I, he didn't. I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people in great power. If they don't actually see a bomb, they probably would still go through with it. Well, I think when you're somebody like, you know, the president or senator, there's, like you said, I get threats every single day. Being in the yeah. position you're in, there's a constant threat of being harmed. I mean, it's it's not uncommon. I mean, it's happened in our country that a president has been killed multiple times. And so it's it, – there's so many precautions, but there's only so much you can do, yeah. you know. So if every time he thought there was a bomb threat or every time he thought there was a threat to his life and he stayed inside and didn't hold a press conference or didn't go to this uh, – have this big speech – what would he get done? I mean, exactly. I don't know. I just think it was silly. And I also kind of think it was it was strange to me and a cop out because we never really got a justification as to why Noah, I think his name was, mm-hmm. did all this. Mm-hmm. But he was basically like hired, paid, hired by the. Oh, well, by, I know, but um, what was his name? The, the Kingpin. Ben Moss. The Kingmaker. Oh, yeah. The ben Moss. But I mean,. I feel like you need more than that to like justify but even killing in the beginning, somebody. And that, that was the dude who was in his office. Yeah, in the beginning, in the beginning yeah. he, like Ben Moss came to brackets like for su- help support in the beginning when Ryan Esposito came to the house. He was kind of basically talking to him, like, "Hey, can you help support me and whatever adventure?" And he and it, it was never kind of like identify like what the reason why. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a lot of wow. unanswered questions. And so speaking of unanswered, bef- um, before we get into predictions, then let's just. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, this episode, like I said, I think it was necessary. It wasn't fun. It was kind of nitty gritty. <laughs> it was a little boring at times. Uh, but I think it gave us a good insight into the fact that Beckett still isn't okay. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of has been la-di-da, happy, funny, joking yeah. around. And she used to be very serious on almost every occasion. And now she's very lighthearted. And I think this is a, a reminder of who she truly is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, nor, you know, normally these shows have an A plot and a B plot. And this week, the B plot was like her internal mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the A and the B plot were the same thing. And it was just driving towards this. And that was interesting to see in terms of like a kind of cat and mouse chase. But it isn't the Beck, the, the castle show that we all, you know, know no. enough. So It's not why we a- come back each week. <laughs> no. I think overall, this kind of basically shows like Beckett just kind of opening up more to castle. You know, just like the whole relationship, let me kind of learn more about your past and what you've been through to really kind of understand your present. And, like, I think it's going to actually help their future overall. In a way, it's true. It actually, it speaks, without them actually bringing this up, it totally speaks to that whole thing of the seed of doubt that was planted that he's always going to be sort of silly and goofy. And he, he wasn't. wasn't when yeah. she needed him yeah. this episode. Yeah, he didn't joke around at all. No. There really was Not enough. <laughs> yeah. There was like no joking this episode. No. <laughs> well, let's go into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. 
So next week is is uh, Valentine's theme, so it seems like it's going back to the traditional Castle episodes that we're used to. But what are your your uh, predictions for either next week or for the future? We'll start with ladies first, Paige. I don't have any serious predictions. I think it'll be a funny episode. I think it'll be lighthearted. I think we will see, you know, Valentine's Day things playing out. And going awry, I'm sure. <laughs> I wonder, maybe because we had the mention of Alexis, his boyfriend, maybe he'll make a Valentine's Day appearance. Maybe double date with dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> but he, but I think maybe he'll come out, you know. Uh-huh. It's the love episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I also read something online today that was giving some spoilers Spoiler. away. Spoiler um, alert. We're going to meet, it sounds like, Castle's father, long-lost father. It's mm. Barbara Streisand is apparently such a fan of Castle that she got her husband... On the show? ...to play Castle's dad, mm-hmm. James Brolin. Mm. Um, and that episode ends up being very dramatic, and apparently there's potentially a kidnapping of Alexa. <gasps> no. And James Brolin also, um, his son is Josh Brolin. I was wondering. Yeah. Is it true? Mm-hmm. Voila. Who go. knew? Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely might be a little romantic. You might see Esposito with someone, maybe Lainey. That'd be a good look. Mm-hmm. But overall, uh, <laughs> that'd be a good look. <laughs> that'd be a good look. It'd be like a change, change of pace. But overall, I think that um, next week is definitely going to be more of a love fest throughout the whole episode. And I just think, like, in the future, we'll probably have more lighthearted episodes than, like, what we had tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have um, two predictions. The first one is I do think that we'll, this boyfriend will be revealed, um, being that it's Valentine's Day in relationships. So I think that will be revealed. And then I think as far as his Bracken situation, there's more to come because it was left unanswered. So I'm thinking that Bracken is going to come back either for Sweeps Week, which I believe is in March or April, or it'll be a part of the finale. Yeah, finale. And then hopefully there will be some kind of closure because I can't foresee them going into season six with Without. this. Yeah. So my prediction is we'll see Bracken again for either Sweeps Week or for the finale. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I love that there's now two things that Gates has to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. She would never figure out Castle and Beckett. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a sweep oh, sweep yeah, thing. Yeah. That could be a sweep sweep thing. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be, it's got to happen at some point. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And it's got to be the end. So we're going to wrap up. And so you guys, we want to thank you for tuning in to another After Buzz recap for season five, episode 13 of Castle with ABC. Please let everyone know where they where you guys can be found on social media. Yes, I am Paige Sullivan. You can find me on Twitter at Paige Sell and at PerfectPage.com. I'm Samara Bay, and you can find me at Samara Bay and thesmartyattheparty.com. <laughs> and I'm Larissa Shamar, and you can find me at True Peoples and at TruePeoplesMedia.com. Yes, and you can find me at Bam Erickson, that's B-A-M-M-E-R-I-C-S-E-N on Twitter and um Instagram, and you can also find me sometimes over at TruePeoplesMedia.com. All right, so thank you guys. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.